Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of our Tampa Bay Rowdies coverage. This was a nice matchup against Louisville City FC, a conference opponent that we needed to win. We had a tough loss, 3-2 against Memphis 901 FC uh, on Wednesday. You know, we've had three games within 10 days. That's a lot to ask from any club. But uh, we, we did win two out of the three. Um, but we needed this win. We needed to bounce back and get points back on the board because we want to be seated higher going into the playoffs. We're already clinched. Don't worry about that. But I, I am concerned that we were not going to be able to pull this off, but we did. We were at Alang. I don't know why I had any doubts. There's some interesting developments here. Um, in the 35th minute, Connor Antley was subbed off for Dayon Harris. Kind of interesting. I prefer Antley over Harris. Um, but then Lasso got a yellow in the 37th. Cal Jennings had a nice goal in the 39th minute. He had one hell of a game. Probably the game of his season. Probably the, probably the best game of the season by Cal Jennings against Louisville City FC. A team that always puts up a solid fight against us. And trust me, they did. But they started out rough with three yellows in the first 45 minutes. On different players from Miguel and Del Piccolo and Charpie. Um, and then, you know... Uh, Andrew, um, excuse me, uh, Guian got uh, subbed out in the 48th minute, so a little after half, uh, for Jake Arman, who had a beautiful assist to Cal Jennings for his second goal in the 61st minute. He had a brace, and this is what we deserve to see out of Cal Jennings. We need this offense to produce like this week in and week out, but honestly, you know, shout out to Brandon and Caden. They, they straight up said after this game, he, he has solidified himself as a top three striker, potentially the best striker in this league. So that's just an interesting thing to put into perspective. This is a guy we were shitting on all in the beginning of the season. You know, we didn't really give him any slack. We didn't give him any, you know, any wiggle room because we knew what he was capable of, but he just wasn't showing it. You know, his execution was terrible. His touch was off, you know, when and when he was finishing. You know, inside the box, you'd sail balls over the goal. And it just it wasn't looking good for Cal towards the beginning of the year. And now he's really come into his own form. And then obviously they pulled him in the 79th minute and put in JJ to kind of have a super sub moment, which didn't occur. But Cal deserved that rest, honestly. Joshua Perez uh, got subbed off in the 79th for Jake LaCava. Charlie Dennis was also subbed for uh, Martinez. So, you know, and then JJ did get a yellow in the 86th minute, so that's something to look out for. I don't know how many he has. we got to look out for those, you know, suspended games. I just don't want them to lead into the playoffs and fuck up. But they did get their goal in the 46th minute by Harris. It wasn't a bad, you know, overall game um, from Louisville, but they just struggled to maintain possession. Um, but they also did just have no discipline. In the 72nd and 77th minute, they were handed their fourth and fifth yellow card of the match. Um, so they really were just struggling to kind of keep pace and, and maintain any kind of presence with ball control. And, and I feel like, you know, I was talking up their defense in an episode prior, you know, the uh, Memphis 901 FC game review, but I just really didn't see much out of their defense, especially with Cal Jennings getting a brace but I think that the main topic of discussion needs to be the fact that we saw a massive difference when um, Dobbins was managing against Memphis and then Nikki Law here at Lang. That's what you love to see. Um, and I really believe 
that we are the best team in the East. I know we did lose two pitch, uh, two, oh, excuse me. They actually have overall in the power rankings that we are better than Pittsburgh. Um, but I know we did lose to Pittsburgh, so technically we're not better than them. We also did get swept by Birmingham. We just, we have had those struggle moments, but on the overall power rankings, according to USL Championship League's website, it has Orange County SC at 14-9-5 and five, uh, at number one. So that's going to be an interesting thing to discuss because relatively, I don't think we've played them to my knowledge, but I know they did destroy El Paso. Well, not really destroy. It was a tight battle this past weekend, but I, I think overall they might be the best overall team based on their stats here. But uh, Tampa Bay is at that number two spot on the USL's website, and I agree with that. I really do. I think they're better than Pittsburgh. We had Dobbins managing the game we lost against them in, and it just wasn't our best performance overall. Just due to the main fact is, like, Dobbins plays possession ball, and it really just... It, it, it's not high press, and that's one thing that genuinely... It doesn't work in this league. If you're not maintaining an offensive presence, you're not going to be able to make that run or create that play because you got to get it to your guy with speed, and then he's got to send it in with someone with touch. This is league. Don't get me wrong. Like everyone out there that tunes into USL, you probably watch MLS or you probably watch Premier or you're probably watching, you know, uh, Syria. But like this league, it's it's very like counter attack heavy. And I get teams are built like that at every level of the game. But like in this, when the quality of play isn't as high because the talent levels aren't there, you really have your designated players that are going to be able to execute when the time has come. Um, and I just feel like our team has more than any any other club in, in this league. San Diego Loyal did drop three spots this week. Um, they had a really bad game against Charleston. So that's another thing to keep in mind. I mean... The people on the rise here is Charleston Battery. They're at the number three spot, according to USL, and Pittsburgh has actually stayed at the number four spot. So it's interesting that Pittsburgh, on paper, is better than us in the East, but the USL ranks them at fourth. Uh, so that's interesting. Indy 11 has risen a little bit. Uh, Phoenix Rising is kind of chilling where it's at. Sacramento Republic kind of had a bounce-back performance against San Antonio. So let's just keep in mind that we do have to bear what's going to be coming in from the West. And I'm keeping my eye on Sacramento. It's a good club. Uh, I'm also going to be keeping an eye on you know our, our, our genuine neighbors, in a sense, in the, um, in the conference of the East, Pittsburgh. And I mean neighbors, not geographically, but we've been at the 1 and 2 spot for, for pretty much the entire fucking season, it seems like. Detroit City FC is kind of coming back to what they can. They're 9-12-7. Just wanted to point that out, that they did have a good game. Um, and, you know, and, and hopefully they can continue on this good streak. I know they've had a lot of interchanges. Um, Colorado's looked really mid. Tulsa's oh, still ain't okay. Oakland Roots is collapsing. They fell off six positions. El Paso's actually not doing too bad. Shout out to them. New Mexico United, eh. Miami FC, eh. Las Vegas Lights FC, they've only won three games this year, but they're actually rising on the on the power rankings. They've come up three spots from the 24th position, so they're not last. It's Hartford Athletic, who's now last, um, which is pretty sad. But um, I think one thing we have to consider about 
going into the playoffs here is that we want, obviously, to win the most of these games. And our next game is going to be... So we played Hartford. We're going to be going up against... Like, okay, thank God we don't have that Wednesday game. We actually can rest. We don't have the Friday night game either. So we're playing San Antonio FC at Toyota Field in San Antonio on Saturday, September 16th. This is actually going to be a relatively big game, in my opinion. San Antonio's no slouch. They won it all last year. Um, so we'll see, because they should have a good crowd there. I don't know if we've played them this year. I think we may have. We had to have at least once due to the fact that they're in our conference. But I can't remember how that game turned out. But I, I have hope in this game actually looking like we actually are going to be a full sound team going into the playoffs. I hope Nikki Law is going to be able to consistently travel. I hope it's not another personal issue. Um, but um, if Nikki Law is there, I have complete and utter hope in this team. You know, I think that we have the perfect combo of Cal Jennings. Um, I really like Jake Arman with Cal Jennings. I really think that we should move up Jake Arman to more attacking positions to put him in better positions to not only succeed as a player, but overall, like, actually be able to utilize what he has in his arsenal. You know, he can make little nice touch passes, and he's pretty good with his left. I, I think that he's a guy that you could really pair with him and Dennis with Cal. I mean, that could be deadly. I mean, I really do. And, and if you are, you know, a Tampa Bay or St. Pete native and you're a Rowdies fan... You know what I'm talking about is we have the speed, we have the guys that have the potential to utilize that execution and touch inside the box. And, you know, we saw that last week, and not last week, but literally a couple days ago against uh, Louisville. I mean, this is a team that I honestly was going to give a little, and I gave a little, I gave them respect. I did give them respect. I gave them the respect and, and what they were due. I shouted out some good players, but. You know, I have hope in this team. Like I said, as long as Nikki Law is on the sideline managing things, and as long as we are using Cal Jennings and J.J. Williams properly, you know, sometimes it's not the best idea to put them both out there. You know, and you kind of got to go with it on a game-to-game basis, I feel like. And I think that Nikki Law has done a great job managing the roster, getting every, every, every legitimate, you know, ounce of effort out of all of our players at every level. And we've struggled here and there throughout the season, don't get me wrong. But not because of Nicky Law, not because of Neil Collins. Neil Collins was figuring things out in the, in the beginning of the season and there was really bad play on the pitch. But we really are starting to kind of figure things out. And we are a paradise club in this league. We really are. We should be in MLS. I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but this is a team that I really want to see win it all this year. And we have every every bit of capability to do to do that. Like we, if we beat San Antonio, the former champs, we have the we have the capability. We need to worry about some of our conference rivals. Don't get me wrong, Birmingham Legion is a scary thought. They have swept us this year. Pittsburgh does scare me, um, but that's about it. I mean, Memphis maybe because they did beat us and they're kind of on the trend upwards. But I don't know what they did against. Let me see what they did on Saturday. They actually lost to Monterey Bay. Yikes. Yeah, no, they definitely did not have a good game. Uh, Yeah, they got two yellows in the first 45 minutes. And it was just abysmal. Two subs in the 85th. That was it. Like, that's it? Really? 
And Monterey Bay scored in the 31st minute, and they just never responded. That's really bad, especially coming off that big win. you got to ride that momentum, and that shows me that they're not a mature enough team yet. The Birmingham Legion, like I was saying, you know, talking about you know Birmingham, and they played a protective on Sunday, September 10th, and they won against New Mexico United, which is not a slouch club either. They're kind of mid-table, but um, looks like Birmingham scored late, 73rd minute. Pretty awesome. And they play at Protective Stadium, and I, I love Protective. I, I really do. I think it's one of the coolest stadiums in the country. Um, love them because of the Stallions play there, obviously. But I just really did want to just talk about San Antonio here, if I can. Let me just pull up some of these uh, these stats, if possible. Um, let me get into the clubs here. And you guys should definitely go on the uh, USL Championship League website and check out this website. If you want to find a team, if you want to find... Your local club, I mean, there's this is very this is laid out very nicely. I gotta give them that. I, I really do. I I'm saying that as I'm taking a long time here. Um, let me go to player stats for San Antonio. They are 13, 5, and 11. They're 6, 1, and 7 at home. They're 7, 4, and 4 away. They're on a tie streak of one. Their last five, they're 0, 1, and 4. I am incredibly confident now. Wow, that's terrible. They're falling down. They're falling off a cliff. Okay, let's look at their their attack stats here. Okay, nothing's popping off the page for me right now. Okay, Rita Rosori. Excuse me if I'm butchering your name. Eight goals. Okay. Uh, Tani Aluwazwi. I am so sorry if I'm butchering that, but 14 goals. He's having one hell of a year. Yeah, so those are their only two guys in attacking that really, like, pop off. Maybe Justin Dillon. He has three goals. And then Ignacio uh, Belloni, uh, Ballone, I believe. Four goals, 31 shots on goal. Yeah, not bad. They have decent offensive pieces, but it just doesn't look like they're all getting the ball there. But let's go to defense. Uh, looks like they're pretty decent on defense, though. Fabian Garcia, he's having one hell of a season. So is Ignacio Ballone. Okay, so that guy's a defender. Uh, Isaiah Barker, uh, looking, you know, a little, look a little, kind of decent. Jordan Farr's barely been in. Ja'Cory Hayes looks okay. Uh, Lamar Batista looks good. Mitchell Tanner looks good. Sagno, okay, so they're loaded on defense. Shannon Gomez, okay. Tani Alawaswi. Okay, so they, they're, uh, their defenders are utilizing the attack, so that's kind of weird. Let's look at team stats here. I want to see what they're doing with the ball. Let's check this out. Let's check this out. So games played. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at their defense here. And tackles, 65.8% success rate on their tackles. Okay, so their defense is good. Their duel success rate is only 50%, so half, duels are, half of their duels are won. Aerial duels, a little less than 50%. Okay. 29 goals conceded, one per game. Eight clean sheets, three penalties conceded. Okay, that's pretty, you know, standard. That's above average. What's going wrong here? Their attack, it must be. They've almost had 8,000 total passes, almost 5,000 successful passes, almost 270 passes per 90 minutes. 63% of their passes are successful. Only 33% of their passes, long passes, are successful. Almost 54% of their passes go forward, so they're very attack-heavy. They like to go for it. Yeah, their own half, they really like to 
passing accuracy is only 57 in opponent's half of the pitch and 75% accurate in their own half. So that's very strange. That's a big drop-off. Um, 403 total open play crosses, 74 successful crosses, average possession of 44%, so they're not averaging dominant possession time. Total shots on goal, excluding blocked shots on the season, 326. 148 shots on target this year, 51 goals scored, 15.6 conversion rate, 51.2 minutes per goal. Left foot goals, 24. Right foot goals, 20. Headed goals, 7. Uh, two penalties scored, one penalty missed, 41 goals inside the box, 10 goals outside the box, three direct free kick goals, 69 yellow cards and five red cards, 444 fouls conceded, 377 fouls won. So not the best disciplined team. I think that we win this game 3-1. I really do. I think that Nicky Law can come in here. and I would like to see a clean sheet from Sparrow, but they do have some players that are able to to make those those shots and they they are accurate with some some of their passes not their long passes but overall it looks like they can eat clock they can dominate a little bit of possession probably from a half uh, not the whole game it doesn't look like on average they're not they're not doing that but they can maybe dominate possession in the first half slow down the rowdies game but i don't think that's going to happen um, i think jake otterman gets a goal i think charlie dennis gets a goal and I think J.J. Williams gets a goal with an assist from Doherty, uh, an assist from Cal Jennings maybe, and an assist from Connor Antley. Fuck it, you know? And maybe Lasso gets a shot on goal. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not getting a little crazy there, but Forrest Lasso's Himothy. Um, no, overall, I'm very excited about this game upcoming against San Antonio FC. If you're a Rowdies fan, make sure you're watching. Show the club some support. If you're able to go, go, go get some drinks, go get a nice scarf for the club. Support your local teams. The USL definitely could use any support. Obviously, they need all the fan bases to show up and show out because I'm not going to lie, the cable production for the USL is fucking terrible, so I don't expect many people to be watching it on TV. I just hope that people are actually going. I know Al Lang normally doesn't have attendance problems, but... Uh, you know, I, I noticed Memphis AutoZone Park, which was a terrible name, a terrible pitch. There was like four people in the stands. And the production value on the TV was just terrible. And I know me and Caden were probably one of the 18 recorded views on the cable network for that game. So we really do advise you, if you are a fan, you know, don't just tune into the IG postcards after the game and the stat sheets. Literally try and watch the game or at least... You know, subscribe to the USL like YouTube channel and watch the highlights, and you know, get a little attached to the league and show a little fandom because you know th these types of leagues kind of need that growth in general just to generate <laughs> genuine income and interest, and you know that kind of thing helps. Ooh, excuse me for knocking the mic there, um, but yeah, no, it's just always good to support your local team in any way you can. These guys go out there and try their hardest every time they can. They practice. A lot. They play 32 games a year plus the fucking playoffs. So they're putting in a lot of work. Um, but again, if you are looking for more Rowdy's news and updates, make sure you're following us on our Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Threads, YouTube, at Tea Time Reports. We're very prevalent on all those. And we're going to get more consistent with content. So we really hope you guys are 
in for the long run and tuning in and enjoying these episodes and especially enjoying the Rowdies coverage. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's actually some Rowdies fan bases across the pond in the UK. There's a Japanese fucking Rowdies Twitter account. Um, You know, the Rowdies are well known. They're probably one of the better USL clubs, more historic clubs in the world. Um, And this is actually surprising or not uh, a top in the top 30 leagues in the world. So, you know, you got to enjoy it while it's here and kind of, you know, hopefully go and, you know, experience it at least once or twice. If it's in your city, if it's local to you, it's about 40 minutes away from us. Ao Lang is, and we, you know, we get there, no problem. And it's always a vibe. It really is. But shout out all the boys, shout out the rowdies, shout out Nikki Law, great execution, great win. You know, let's, let's keep this momentum going into the playoffs and execute and, you know, I don't want to really see any more losses on the on the uh, on the sheet here. I'd like to, you know, just keep going from here. I'd like to get, you know, it might be out of the cards, but if we're able to get twenty wins, that'd be pretty fucking good. It really would be. But let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, all all of us Rowdies fans, Forza Rowdies, and thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of my, the Tea Time Rowdies coverage. Really appreciate all the support. Really appreciate all the listeners out there. Wherever, whenever you're listening to this, we would greatly appreciate you over here at Tea Time. Shout out the whole team. Take care, everyone. This is Trevor, signing off. Peace.